Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. I am Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB. Before I introduce Tim here, Tim, third and fourth stringers playing Hall of Fame game football today. Here we are. Football has started. We're going uh, now every week all the way up until February, until Super Bowl. We are going to be talking football. I got to love how all the websites had deals for betting on the Hall of Fame game because they know their audience. You know, do you bet on baseball? Do you bet on the Women's World Cup? Or the Hall of Fame game in which none of these people will actually play in the NFL. Yeah, not, most of these people, this is this is where the inactives, the inactives are playing right now to see who makes the team and who's going to be on the practice squad. And they aren't even starters. There's not even second guys that are, that are playing right now. This is, this is all third and fourth stringers right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so this week, we had some stuff go on in the world of sports before we touch on our mm-hmm. subject for this week, the NFC West. I wanted to talk about how we're two weeks in the training camp and there's football news, but something came out in the last couple days that we knew we was going to come. Earlier this season, we touched on the gambling probe with the NFL players that are suspended. The gambling probe has hit college football. Yeah, I mean, we, we were always talking about it. We wondered when exactly it was going to hit the college ranks because uh, the NFL, you'd always think that these guys would kind of, um, they kind of know better. But, you know, when you talk about college kids, you're talking about kids. That's it. And that's the thing is, for everybody that gets the NIL, you know, there's dozens of guys who don't. So we're talking, I mean, so we had Iowa State's third-string quarterback, Hunter Deckers. We had uh, Iowa's kicker, Aaron Ulis. I'm sorry, the Iowa kicker was Aaron Bloom. The former Iowa point guard that transferred to Nebraska is Aaron Ulis. We had the guy who was a rookie for Denver last year, Ioma. You was Eureka. Eureka. <laughs> yeah, he, he played for, he's a defensive lineman who played for the Broncos last year. In his first season, he placed allegedly, I should say all this is allegedly, this is from Probe, no one's actually been convicted yet, 32 bets on Broncos players and games, and is now facing jail time. Yeah, well, this is, I think it was, they, they said for alleged manipulation, is that right? Is it- tampering. tampering. I, I, apparently tampering with the investigation into it. Yeah, so. Great. Good for you. Now you could possibly go to jail. So not only did you play one year of the NFL, got yourself suspended for it probably, but now you're going to go to jail. So guess what that means for your NFL career? Why would guys risk it? We talked about it a couple weeks back with the Isaiah Rogers. It just blows my mind where professionals would risk it. I get kids. Like I said, the, the Hunter Deckers is the third, was the third string quarterback at Iowa State. Oh, I I'm I'm still don't think I, I would ever risk it, but I get it. Pros, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is just the the beginning of this. This is like the tip of the iceberg. We're getting, we're the, it's going to get so much worse because there's just there there's gambling is something that a lot of people do. I mean, it's just the way thing the way things are. And now that we've legalized it and we've made it so commonplace, uh, it's it's easily going to be manipulated. Yeah, thirty three states in, in the U.S. alone. We knew that once the NFL got in bed officially with gambling, you know, they teetered around it. There was jokes and references. We'd always joke how L. Michaels would be like, well, this kick matters to some people. Yep. And we'd always kind of giggle about it. Now it's just completely open. They have it on the bottom scroll, live bets. I mean, when you watch the Sox game, and I'm one of the last people that still does, they have live betting th- thanks to points betting and all this other stuff. They fully embraced it. And we knew when the NFL, along with all the other sports, fully embraced it, 
we knew we'd have stuff like this. We knew this would happen. I'm just surprised it took so long for the probe into college players because most of these kids are not getting NIL deals. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a little, it's going to be a lot harder to to monitor in college. There's there's just so many college kids. There's so many college football players. There's so many colleges. It it's it's just like before when 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 people were getting you know, uh, rules and fractions and stuff like that, it's hard to keep an eye on, and it, it takes years to track it down and investigate it. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised to see how, how many people actually are going to fall on this. Absolutely. Uh, switching back to the NFL, our favorite sport, and what we cover the most here, we did have some news. Like I said, we're a couple weeks into training camp. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, after meeting with owner Jim Irsay has officially requested a trade. Yeah, I mean this is really interesting when you look at the whole dynamic of how this started. This started with uh Jonathan Taylor saying he wanted a contract extension, saying he wanted to finish his career, he wanted to stay a Colt. And rightly so. Yes. And then everything happened with the franchise tag with the other running backs. They get to the last day. Um there's no serious negotiations towards working towards long term deals. And then all the running backs, we talked about it before, all the last week, all the running backs start getting into meetings. The running backs are all getting chippy on Twitter. Um, Ursay decides chippy. that I he's like, going like to chippy. Like Ursay decides he's going to get chippy back and say that people are not going to manipulate, running backs aren't going to manipulate the, uh, the CBA just because they're one position. And then, um, and then the, the new, the new, um, agent for Jonathan Taylor, he cracks down on Ursay. Then Ursay's like, that's not what I meant. It wasn't calling out Jonathan Taylor. Then Jonathan Taylor asks for a meeting. They have a meeting, gets through the meeting. Jonathan Taylor does not get anywhere with that conversation. He says he wants to be traded. Ursay says, you're not getting traded. You're not getting traded today. You're not getting traded in October. He's not getting traded. Don't call. He's not getting traded. So now you have a big standoff to the point now where now you know, Taylor's not happy. And then the Colts turn around and they say, well, you told us when you came in that your back was hurting you, so we're going to put you on the non-football injury list. And if you don't play this season because of said, said injury, you're not going to get paid and you will you will fill up, you will, you will honor that contract next year. I mean, holy cow. Talk about childish meeting childish meeting super childish. And the funny thing is all the people in play here are adults. It blows my mind. It, it, it just... And not only that, but I don't understand playing hardball publicly because you know what's also happening? The other 50-something guys on this team are seeing, hey, if this is how you're treating Jonathan Taylor, how are you going to treat me? I mean, it's not like Indianapolis is already a destination. It's not like you're already, oh, I really got to get my way to Indianapolis. I mean, let's face it. They locked into Peyton Manning with the pick. They locked into Andrew Luck with the draft pick. They're not a destination. So if you're going to screw over your players, people are watching. Yeah, nobody's nobody's hunting out to travel to Indianapolis to play for the Colts. No, no offense to people in Indianapolis. I mean, but let's face it: if you could pick um, Miami, if you could pick L.A., if you could pick anywhere where it's warm, you know what I mean. Well, any of these states that don't yes, have a state tax, exactly, that's huge for these guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and not to mention the fact that uh, Jim Irsay, what are you doing? I mean, they, Dan Snyder was just forced to sell the team. Because of all of that drama and stuff like that, there is a seat open for somebody to be the most hated owner now. Because it was Dan Snyder, 
And now that seat is open, and like Jim Mercer, he's just waddling on over to sit in that seat for no reason. He's more worried about uh, buying Kurt Cobain's guitar. <laughs> and, and anything else you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, one one more, especially about the Colts. The funny thing is about their game of chicken with Jonathan Taylor and oh, maybe the NFI list. Their backup running back Zach Moss, who's who had a lot of success when given the opportunity last year. Yeah, he's out for six weeks of broken arm. Yeah, broke his arm the same exact day where they were having these conversations. Um, yeah. I just thought it was funny. A couple more news and we'll move on. Uh, we are going to talk about the AFC West next week, but Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick is out for the season with a torn Achilles. Yeah, unbelievable. Two two practice, two practice training camp injuries in a row, two years in a row. Yeah, also wide receiver news. Cooper Cup is going to be out weeks. They're being very cautious with his hamstring injury. Joey B. I, I know it's training camp, but hamstring injuries tend to linger. Yeah, yep. One more before we move on. The uh, what part of the five season career of Sony Michelle was your favorite? Because he's officially retired. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you honestly, if, if uh, I was Sony Michelle, like on Twitter, I would just be like, Peace, you guys don't care about running backs anyway, <laughs> and I'm out. All right, so we're gonna start talking about the NFC West. And when you talk about the NFC West, you gotta start with the San Francisco 49ers, Tim. I mean, this team is one of those teams where they are they have. A great amount of, I wouldn't say depth, but they have a great amount of great starters all over the field. Offense, defensively, and when you're talking about Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold now, I mean, it really doesn't make a difference. This team, as a team, is really solid in their in their starting 24. You know why they can do that? The 22. Because <laughs> they're not paying their quarterback. Yes. None of the none of the quarterbacks on their roster make significant money. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time. We talked about it last week with Russell Wilson, how once he got paid, they couldn't the Legion of Boom had to be disassembled in Seattle. That's what happens when you pay your quarterback. Well the Niners, they've gone the other way. They can afford to assemble talent because they're not paying any of their quarterbacks. And and I'm not gonna say they got lucky with Brock Purdy because I think a lot of that is Kyle Shanahan's coaching. We're gonna see a lot of it because Kyle Shan uh, Kyle Shanahan got success out of Jimmy Garoppolo. We're gonna see a lot of that in action this year. If he flames out in Vegas, we know so much more of Kyle Shanahan, so so much less of Jimmy G. Yeah, this Kyle Shanahan offense just keeps moving. It's like one person down, next person up. I mean, we saw it for a couple of years with those running backs. Every single time a running back went down, somebody else would just step right up and just fill that role. I mean, you're seeing it now with the quarterbacks. It's 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 really incredible. I mean, Tim, let's talk about the uh, 49ers, like from last season. Yeah, last year they went 13 and four. They lost in the NFC Championship. We all remember that when Brock Purdy could not do anything but hand off because he got hurt. Then Josh Johnson got hurt, and then Purdy had to go back in. They tried the CMC thing. It was a train wreck, and it sucked. And that's why the NFL adopted that new rule where you can have three quarterbacks and it won't count against your active roster. Great idea. They pivoted. Great idea because nobody wants to see an NFC Championship game like that again. Yeah, but honestly, like, who was their who was their third quarterback going to be? I mean, they were already on five. They were already on oh, their fifth. Absolutely, I'm not talking them for not having yet another quarterback. I mean, they they went through so many. So um, this year, moving forward to this year, what Vegas thinks to win the division, they are minus 160 favorites in the NFC West. To win the conference, they are plus 400 second favorites. So not really any value there. To win the Super Bowl, they are plus 1,000. That is fourth, and their win total 10 and a half. It's a big win total for for this team. I, I, I and but they're a solid team. I mean, um. You look at some of the additions. They brought in Javon Hargrove from uh, Philadelphia, the interior defensive lineman. Uh, they brought in Sam Darnold to be quarterback two, possibly three. 
uh, John Feliciano, the left guard from the Giants. I mean, th- there's some there's some solid pickups there. I mean, but most of those were to, you know, offset the people that they lost. I mean, they lost uh, Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle on offense. Um, Jimmy Ward and Hassan Ridgeway uh, both left for the Texans with D'Amico. Um, Jimmy Jimmy G, he's uh he's gone. He's on the he's on the Raiders, but we kind of knew that was happening from last year. Uh, Samson Epigan, he went to the uh, Indianapolis Colts, the interior defensive lineman. One of the things that they're really gonna miss is is Aziz Al Shaheen. He was like the third linebacker. He was kind of like the linebacker that came off the bench for San Francisco. They've got some really good linebackers there with Bosa and Greenlaw. But when you're talking about those guys aren't when those guys weren't on the field, this guy came out there and he performed pretty well. And I think that's going to be somebody they're going to miss on this defense. Yeah, the funny thing is there's a lot of subtractions you still haven't mentioned yet. And that's what happens in the NFL. When you're successful on the field, when you collect wins, when you go far in the playoffs, you lose guys. People, I mean, they had no chance of keeping Mike McGlinchey because of the amount of money Denver gave him. They lost, I mean, you didn't even mention Charles Omenua, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, Robbie Gold, and D'Amico Ryans, their defense coordinator. This is what happens. We saw the Eagles. They lost both their coordinators. This is happen- what happens when you're successful in the NFL. People will pick apart your roster like vultures. Yeah, but I, I do think that this San Francisco team led by Kyle Shanahan, I feel like somebody's going to be able to deal with the losses, I, I think a Shanahan team should be able to do it. And Vegas agrees. Everything I read you, they're either the they're the favorite in their division, they're the second favorite in the conference, fourth in the Super Bowl, and they have a. When I say they're fourth in Super Bowl odds, look at the quarterbacks on the top three teams. We're talking Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and then the Niners don't even know Brock Purdy if he's healthy. But do we really know who Brock Purdy is? Yeah, yeah. I mean we. We know we know eight and one in his first record in his first uh, year. I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's, but really, I think they could they can do pretty well with anybody, any of those three guys. I think Sam Darnold fits in really well with the Kyle Shanahan offense. I think yeah, Trey because Lance a lot of it is well. yak. It's yards after catch. Yeah. They they put their playmakers in position to make plays. It, it's an extended handoff, kind of like when they when. Um, Seifert and uh, Walsh brought in the West Coast Conference back in the day. It's an extended handoff. It's, I'm going to put my playmakers in the best position to make plays, and we're going to rely on Yak. So you don't need your quarterback to do anything really than make sure the ball goes in the right spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the offensive weapons on this team, I mean, your, your offensive starters, you've only changed one. McGlinchey is out, and that's it. This offense is still pretty much intact. I mean, Brock Purdy is coming back. If he's healthy, he's going to start. And then you've got plus you get a full season of CMC. Yes, you got CMC now. You got Elijah Mitchell, who once again is a pretty good backup, considering he was he had a really good rookie year and really good really good year when he was when he's healthy. But CMC, like he just changes the dynamic of this team. And when you've got Ayuk and Kittle and Debo all all as receivers, I mean, wow. And one thing about the Niners we haven't mentioned, and when training camp starts. The other side of the ball. All eyes are going to be on Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, who, factually speaking, they need to work a new deal with. Yep. <laughs> that's And that's exactly where this is. That's why the San Francisco 49ers are, have a have a win-now window, because they have these guys, Nick Bosa, um, whoever the quarterback is. I mean, they, they really they paid Debo, and that's basically it. I mean, 
Everybody else. But you agree they have to pay both. Yes, they have to play. They have to pay both. Uh, he's he's not only is he reigning defensive player of the year, he was sixth in MVP voting in an award that has become a quarterback award. Yeah. I mean it just this team is this team is really good. Um they have they have really they, it's so balanced with their starters, it's it's crazy. I mean, we named all those people that left, but really if you go to the depth chart at the beginning of the season last season on defense, there's only three people have changed. That's it. Yeah. I, I I don't think it. We usually finish each capsule with the biggest questions entering 2023. I brought up the whole situation with Nick Bosa. Otherwise, I don't think anybody has questions. I feel like everyone agrees that it's just going to be same old, same old with, with the San Fran slash uh, Santa Barbara or Santa Clara. Well, I mean, let, let's see. I mean, when you're talking about this team, you got you got a pretty difficult schedule. You got a first place schedule. I mean, yeah, but it's only 15th hardest overall. Yeah, well, it's down the middle. I mean, but you still, I mean, we'll see because you play at Pittsburgh your first game. Let's see how that game goes, and that's going to kind of, I think, set the set the tone for the whole rest of the season. Remember last year, they lost to the Bears to start the season in what was like a, that a was, downpour. The weather was, was all about an anomaly that. of a game. Exactly. All right, so when you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, you got to talk about uh, the number, like, 1B, 2, if you will, the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Had a had a great season last. Oh, year. don't you say one B for the Seahawks? It's a clear two. Oh, it is, but I'm saying if anybody's going to contest for this division, it's Seattle. Nobody else is going to contest for this division. No. So it's basically Seattle or San Francisco or bust. Because you're not going to get any other ones. Am I wrong? Dude, that's mine. Okay. Are you right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the Seattle Seahawks really surprised everybody last year. They went 9-8. and eight. They got the seventh seed in the last week of the year. They did lose in the wild card round to the aforementioned San Francisco 49ers. Now, what you're saying, I was trying to point out, they're not 1-1-8. One one it's a clear 2 because I just mentioned how the Niners are minus 116 Vegas to win the West. The Seattle Seahawks are plus 195. That's a huge difference between first and second place as far as odds. Okay, but, but what I'm saying is, is when I say 1A, 1A or 1B, is is that, is this, does this not look like a playoff team to you? The Seattle Seahawks still look like a playoff they team. They do. And and on my end, more on that later. Because I'm telling you, I'm not saying they're good enough to contend with the Niners to win the division. But in this NFC, they are definitely good enough to make the playoffs. I don't know. Let's Let's talk about it. I mean... Last year they lost in the to, to San Francisco, which we just talked about. I mean, this year, I mean they they added Bobby Wagner back from the Rams. They 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 added Dev, Dev, Devin Bush from the the Steelers, the, another linebacker. They re-signed Geno Smith, which was a big deal. Huge. Yeah, I mean they brought in uh James Jaron Reed, the you know the interior defensive lineman from Green Bay, Julian Love from the Giants. Um, which which you know side story real quick. Uh, Julian Love actually uh. Helped uh, help facilitate a jersey for my nephew for Christmas, and I thought that was pretty awesome. So shout Very out to Julian awesome, Love yeah. to, to help him out, help him out with that. And then friend, uh, friend of the podcast, yeah. thanks Julian Evan Brown, uh, the center for Detroit for the for the Detroit Lions. I mean, I think this team, along with their draft picks, because they got Jackson Smith and Jigba and Devin Witherspoon, were two of their top picks that they got, especially from that that Russell Wilson trade. I mean, I think this team has gotten better. Yeah, they had, and we knew, I thought last year was going to be a rebuilding year, but they were going to make a quick turnaround because of all the draft picks. This year, they had 10 picks in total, a lot of that thanks to Denver, two first-round picks, two second-round picks. You mentioned Devin Witherspoon, who was probably the best defensive back in the draft. They got Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I, I, I daunted on our draft episodes solely because I feel like they were drafting from a position of strength. They're, two of their top playmakers were wide receivers in uh 
uh, Tyler Lockett and uh, DK. DK Metcalf. How do I forget DK? Mr. Workout, although all he does is eat candy, apparently. <laughs> and uh, But, I, I mean, exact, they were both great picks, both at the time they drafted, probably the best player available. Uh, Derek Hall, the defensive end they got in the second round, was good. They got a running back in the second round also, Zach Charbonnet. Now, factually speaking, they're both injured, injured, so I guess it was good they took a running back because the position gets so injured so often. Yeah, he's got that, uh, what is a shoulder injury. He's out indefinitely. So we're, we're talking about a significant amount of time that he's going to Especially when running backs, a shoulder injury is significant because... Which, yeah, when you're talking about Kenneth Walker and him being like a 1-2, well, now, now we're going back to Kenneth Walker again. Yeah, well, you know what, though? Pete Carroll's shown over the years he can find running backs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, some of their losses, they lost Shelby Harris, Gabe Jackson, Austin Blythe, offensive lineman, defensive lineman Quentin Jefferson, linebacker Cody Barton. Not household names, but, I, I mean, it was offset by the guys they brought in, so I, I feel, I'm agree with you. I feel like they got better, and, and I hate when we agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they Rashard Penny, he's gone. But like you said, they brought in Charbonnet. Obviously, they didn't know he was going to get hurt early here in camp, but, right. you know, this, this team is... Is I think it's set up really nicely, uh, and they. You, you're just saying set up nicely to make the playoffs. You don't think they're going to make a run at the division, do you? I think if I think if they if they steal the first one from San Francisco, everyone better start being everyone start paying, paying attention. Wow, that okay? That's pretty pretty bold. I'm not going to lie. A couple of weeks we've got bold predictions coming up, so there you, there you may, go. Maybe we'll see that. We talked about the draft. We talked about the additions and subtractions. Their strength of schedule is actually slightly harder by the numbers than the Niners. They have the 12th hardest. They have a 517 opponent win percentage. A lot of tough matchups on the road. They got to go to Detroit. They got to go to the Giants. They got to go to the Bengals, to Baltimore, to Dallas. They play Philly. They got some tough matchups. Yeah, there's. There's a there's a tough road here, but um, they're they're a good they're a good solid team. Um, my question for this team with this season is is can Geno Smith replicate what he did last year? I think he can. Now, I don't think they asked him to do a hell of a lot. They're not asking them to win because of him. He just seems to facilitate. I well, see. Facilitate sounds like a bad word because he's a game manager. He's not a game manager. They won a lot of games because of him last year. But at least they have talent. They have DK. They have Tyler Lockett. They have Jackson and, and, and Jig. Uh, I'll get this right. Jackson and Smith and Jigba. I'll get this right one of these days. A few beers less. A uh, couple talented running backs. They have playmakers, so they don't need Geno to win. By chucking it fifty times, they just need Gino to do the right thing. So mm. I'm—I I actually, and not only that, but the the deal they got for him, very reasonable for quarterback price, and only one of those years is guaranteed. After this year, they're done with the guaranteed money. So even if somehow he takes two steps backwards, they're still going to be fine. Yeah, oh, I agree. Um, what's your what's your big question here besides besides Gino? Yeah, I, I'm just their offensive line is is, I probably their weakness. They, they they did spend significant draft capital in the first round of wide receiver and second round of running back positions I thought they were pretty strong in. Now, their offensive line, it needs some work. They, you know, they, I'm just saying that they lost, uh, they lost a couple guys, and it wasn't that highly rated last year. That's my only worry about them, plus the fact that they have a, a tougher schedule and they play the Niners. What yeah, about you? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I I wish I could say something other than that. With besides agreeing with you, I wish I could play devil's advocate. I think this is a team that we're going to be talking about later. Yeah, unfortunately, there's two more teams in this division we have to talk about. Oh.
All right, Tim, let's talk about the next team here, the this the LA Rams. And um really it's basically I wanna say I don't want to say LA Rams. I wanna say Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and the rest of the LA Lambs. <laughs> yeah, and you know the thing is, um like I use full service operation. They went five and twelve last year, they missed the playoffs. I could give you their numbers in Vegas, but Vegas thinks they're not going to be good. Their win total is six and a half. I don't care about the rest of their numbers, not winning the division, the conference, or the Super Bowl, so who cares? Um, what they are is post-Super Bowl purgatory, they finally moved into full rebuild. Yeah. Last year, I think they tried to defend but the title, but it just wasn't there. Listen, they did the same thing the Bucs did. They went all in. They traded all their draft picks. They got a championship. That's all that anybody's going to remember a decade from now. They are now in full rebuild, and at least they went that. They had 14 draft picks for a team that wore shirts at their parade that said F draft picks. <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about additions, Tim, I got none. There's nothing written down on here that's significant. That's significant I have a couple addition. names that happen to be NFL players. Um, tight end Hunter Long, they got in the trade with the Dolphins. Okay. Uh, wide receiver uh, Demarcus Robinson. Okay. And back of quarterback, Brett Rippon. Cool. Factually speaking, they play in the NFL, so I had to mention their names. All right, okay. That'll so, be the last well, time we, we talk about We were mentioning them. everybody, dude. There'd be a lot of people we'd be mentioning here. Well, so. yeah, I, I'm okay, fine. All right, I, let's, let us let me let me run down the list here. Let me do this. Probably, oh, subtractions? Yeah, some subtractions. Okay, let me grab my beer because right, we'll need be a long one. Alan Robinson, he was traded to Pittsburgh. Jalen Ramsey, he was traded to Miami. Traded to Miami. Leonard Floyd, he gone. He's on the Bills. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, he's gone. He went to Tampa Bay. Bobby Wagner, he's gone. He went back to Seattle. Uh, let's see. Sean Robinson, the, he's an interior defensive lineman. He went to the Giants. Troy Hill, he's gone. He he's just gone. He's a quarterback. Hey, he has a side with anybody. Uh, Matt Gay, he got he gone. He went to Indianapolis, the kicker. And Nick Scott, the safety, he went to Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, a lot of people left, and they brought in. Three people that Tim brought up that he actually had to dig for. Yes, yes, I did, but I wanted us to be a full service yes, operation. There, but there was no significant additions to this team. None of those guys are significant additions. What's significant is they committed to the rebuild. They had 14 draft picks. Yes. Their first pick was in the second round because they're still, again, feeling it from their post-Super Bowl. Um, they took a center, uh, Steve Avila. In the fourth round, I wanted to point out that they took Stetson Bennett. Yeah. I, I Taking backup quarterbacks. Take I, quarterbacks. I get it, but... Should he have been a fourth-round pick in the NFL? Probably not, but you know what? Stetson, what are you going to do? Are you going to put Brett Ribbon out there, or are you going to put Stetson Bennett out there? I'd rather see Stetson Bennett. Well, the fact of the matter is Matt Stafford in the last couple of years has had injury issues. We might see one of these guys. I, I, think, I think we're going to be talking about and, and there's a reason their win total is six and a half. And the funny thing is, they're the third-place team from last year. Wait till we get to the next one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this, team, this team last year... When Donald was hurt, when Cup was hurt, when Stafford was hurt, and they were throwing out what looks like a preseason team out there. Well, I mean, that's the thing. What's what's the thing you remember from last year about the Rams? The Thursday game where Baker Mayfield been in there four days and led him to a win over the Raiders. Yeah. That, that's the only thing you remember about last season. Am I wrong? Oh well, no. Just well, that and the injuries. The fact that everybody got hurt. Oh the right. Fact that but most significant players on this team got hurt. Yeah. And the funny thing is, let's move on to their schedule. Their strength of schedule ranking. Is harder than the previous two. The Rams, 15th. The Seahawks, 12th. The Rams, uh, I'm sorry. I said the Niners. I said the Rams, I'm at the Niners. Niners was 15th. The Seahawks is 12th. The 9th 
hardest schedule is what the Rams have. Ninth hardest schedule with a 5-3-3 opponent win percentage. They have tough matchups. They have a lot of them on the road. They have the Bengals on the road. They have the Cowboys on the road. The Ravens on the road. The Giants on the road. And they still play Philly. Yep. It's not It's not going to be pretty. No, it's not going to be pretty. I mean, even the games that, once again, we're talking about a Rams team that if those three studs don't play out of their minds, no game is an easy game for the Rams. Yeah, I, I have for their easy games, I have at Indy and hosting the Washington football team. Did I miss anything? No, no. And, and even then, the Washington football team has playmakers, and they've got some good respected coaches. Is that really a, quote, easy game? No, no, no. But let me throw this out to you. So so Steve Avili, who you brought up already, he's going to start right off the bat. The left outside linebacker that they drafted, Byron Young, he's going to start right off the bat. But Tim, you know who else is going to start for the first time that's a rookie? Everybody on special teams. They have. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen this. A rookie punter, a rookie kicker, a rookie long snapper. Like, wow, get ready for some interesting special teams play. Yeah, you're not wrong. So moving forward for the Rams, because I think we've covered a lot of what they did in the offseason. Biggest questions entering 2023. I have, figure out what to do with the rest of your Super Bowl core. Because listen to the ages of the rest of their core. Aaron Donald is 32. Cooper Cup is 29. Matt Stafford's 35. And even, even Tyler Higby's 30. These guys are all still on the team. What are they going to do with them? I think that they're just going to ride this out. I mean, these guys are going to leave. McBay is going to leave. Like whether they, you know, they'll probably all just play out the rest of their contracts and the and if they get another deal, great. I don't see Stafford playing after this. I don't see Aaron Donald playing after this. Maybe Cooper Cup, Higby, probably not. And when those guys all leave. McVay will probably retire in or retire, or, you know, take a couple of years yeah, off he'll, and then hop He'll take a else. deal from CBS yeah. or Fox. He'll make some money for a couple of years and then coach return. again somewhere else. Yeah. But, I mean, this team, you're right. They are, they are starting the rebuilding mode, but this team really doesn't get full rebuild until that happens. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, Tim. Last and least, <laughs> let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, this is a team who two years ago was in the playoffs and they gave Cliff Kingsbury all that money. And then they had a, they last year was a debacle of a year. They, it, it was a Travis sham mockery. It was. <laughs> yes. And then they, uh, then allowed Cliff Kingsbury to leave. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Allowed him to leave. They suggested he pack his They office. invited him not to work for them anymore. <laughs> yeah. And that's the funny thing is, it, the Cliff Kingsbury era in Arizona started so promisingly. He got an extension. Yep. They gave a bucket of money to uh, Kyler Murray. I, I mean, it started with potential, and it fell off a cliff. Yep. Last year, they went 4-13, and and Kyler Murray tore his ACL in December. Yeah, so he's going to miss a significant time. We're talking about, like, possibly, what, six to eight weeks of the first Six to eight weeks of the season, probably. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the astronomical odds they have in everything else. They are last in odds to win the division, last in odds to win the conference, and dead last at 201 to win the Super Bowl. I guess I just spoke of yeah, that. Yeah, I so. don't think you have to talk about when you're talking about the odds of them to do anything. I think the I think you don't have to waste your money. What I did want to mention, and as we're covering all 32 teams in our series of covering the division, their win total. Their win total is by far the lowest in Las Vegas at four and a half. When was the last time you saw a win total in Vegas of four and a half? I it's been a I don't know if I've ever seen a win total. I, I mean definitely not in the seventeen game I era. I've seen five, six, but I don't know if I've ever seen four. 
Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about their additions and subtractions? Uh, additions. Kazir White, Zach Pascal. Both from Philly. One's a linebacker, one's a receiver. And that's pretty much all I have for as far as significant moves. Do you have anything? No, I was going to, because I only I had those guys for additions, I was going to talk about who they resigned, but I don't know that anybody listening is going to know who they resigned. <laughs> yes. I mean, if they resigned, anybody that they resigned, it wasn't. Uh... I mean, are they going to be starters? Yes. Are they going to be significant? No. No, of course not. Subtractions. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, DeAndre Hopkins, defensive lineman Zach Allen, defensive back Byron Murphy, and guard Justin Pugh. And Robbie Chosen Anderson and oh, A.J. God. Green. I said significant. <laughs> Robbie Fudging Anderson. I think that guy has become my new Julio Jones. Yeah, that guy is the bane of your existence. Um, I will say that they did pick up the best offensive lineman, Paris Johnson Jr., in the draft. Uh, I think he's going to be a Absolutely. great piece moving forward. Uh, they made some They made some good draft picks, but this team is so woefully bad right now at most of the positions. When you're talking about uh, Colt McCoy coming in and being the – the starting quarterback. Is that Colt McCoy? Yeah, it is Colt McCoy. <laughs> See, I had to actually be like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, and, and the thing is, you know what this Cardinals team reminds me of? The Bears last year. They're going into the season knowing it's going to be bad. However, the future is bright. Now, yes, they've paid Kyler Murray, but I tell you what, they've got all their draft picks and that deal they made with Houston solely to move from three down to what ended up being six, but they moved from three to 12 back up to six. Houston gave them draft picks next year they have a first and third from houston next year along with their own picks i'm telling you they've got the draft going into next year where they have caleb williams and, and may so if they decide they want to keep kyler murray they can trade it and get a boatload like the bears did if they decide it's time to move on from kyler murray they can get anything and they're in perfect position to get caleb williams what do you think they're going to do i i think we're going to we're going to talk about it 12 months from now i, I think they're moving i think they're moving on i think this team's going to start off yeah, but he really has to show. Bad. He has to get on the field and show something if they're going to move that contract. I don't know. That's a massive contract. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just don't know if they're they even. I don't know if 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 Murray comes back from his injury and they're one in seven or something. Are you going to rush him back out there? No, I would hope not, but that's the thing. In the NFL, they, they do. I mean, we're talking about we'll talk about it next week with the AFC West. Brandon Staley put Mike Williams out there in the fourth quarter of a game they did not need in and week eighteen. So these guys they play for every week. It is Lovey Smith blew the first round of the pick just to beat the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. These True. guys want to get on the field, they want to win. Yeah. Now, if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, because I know some people in Chicago are they used factually speaking, back in the day they were the Chicago, Chicago Cardinals. Cardinals. Exactly. You did get your other young, exciting player back. Safety, Buda Baker, the five-time Pro Bowl safety, did come back to camp after they gave him a raise, some bonuses, and incentives. So you've got to hope Kyler Murray comes back and you get to watch Buda Baker. And then the other 50-something guys aren't going to matter. Oh, Paris Johnson, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I, mean, I like Paris Johnson, um, but he is one of three new offensive linemen on this offensive line. I think this offensive line is going to be pretty bad. I think uh, you got six new starters on defense. I don't think it makes much of a difference. I don't see this team being good at all. When the over-under is four and a half and you're still like, you might still like the under on this one. I mean, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes isn't even really a sweepstakes when you've got a team that looks like this right now. I just think that next year around draft time, they're going to be in the driver's seat. So this year is going to be tough. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow out in the desert. 
going forward, I think their future's bright. I think I think 12 months from now when we're doing this podcast talking about next season, we're talking about Kyler Murray quarterback somewhere else. You're not wrong. I, I mean, that's the thing is the sweepstakes for quarterbacks is never-ending. It's constantly ongoing. Now, we can segue into their biggest questions entering 2023. I, is there? I mean... Kyler Murray's the fifth highest court paid quarterback in the league. He's making $46.1 million per year. You're on the record saying that you don't think he's going to be back next year. I'm interested to find a way how are they going to get rid of that contract. This is all about 2024 for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. This is just working your way through and seeing what you got. Yeah, and you know what else? We're not going to get that six minutes back. <laughs> all right, Tim, it's best bets time. And uh, I'm going to throw one little caveat in here. I could not. Because I can't find it anywhere because nobody trusts that Matt Stafford is going to play a full season. I could not find passing yards for Matt Stafford or passing touchdowns for Matt Stafford. I lean to the under on both of those things. So I just feel like I just I just question the fact that he's going to be able to be out there the whole time. And, so you know, so to summarize, what you're saying is there isn't numbers anywhere as of this recording, yeah. but whatever they are, go under. I, I like the under no matter what they are, but I question whether whether we'll even see one. But I'm not going to use those as my best bets because, once again, there aren't any bets to bet. So I'll give you this one. Here's my first one here. I'm going to go Geno Smith under 3,900 and a half passing yards. All right? <laughs> uh, you're laughing because we're probably against each other on this, but he's only done it once, and it was last year. In an eight-year career now, he's done that one time, and I question whether they'd be able to do it again. Because you know what? How many times have we seen it where somebody like Case Keenum has a great year and he leads them to the uh, – that leads the Vikings to the playoffs. And next year, he was brutally bad. And I just, I question whether or not he's going to be able to do it again. Give me the under. Okay. I will skip ahead to my second best bet. I have Geno Smith over 38 and a half, 3,800 and a half. That's on Caesars. DraftKings has what you mentioned, 3,900 and a half. I found on Caesars, now it is minus 115 of the Jews, but Geno Smith over 3,800 and a half is on Caesars. He threw for 42-82 last year. They added Jackson Smith and Jigba. His three-year deal only has one year of guarantee. So I said that as a benefit for the Seahawks, but that is also something where Geno Smith has something to prove. In today's market where quarterbacks play longer and get huge money, factually speaking, the Seahawks can cut him after this year and they're not on the hook for any money the next two years. So he has something to prove. And they averaged 33.7 pass attempts per game last year. So I don't think they're they're not going to put training wheels on them. They're not going to restrict them. They're going to let them fly. So give me over 3,800.5 on Caesars. I hope it's 3,875 and we both hit. <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right. My next bet. All right. This one is minus 110. Brandon Ayuk over 4.5 receiving touchdowns. Um, Brandon Ayuki last year he had he had where did you find eight. that? That's a low number. Yeah, it was uh minus one ten is on Caesar Sportsbed. Oh no, DraftKings. Sorry, DraftKings. Nice. Our oh, friends at DraftKings. Yes, yeah. We say that. We say that, but they keep limiting my bets. So <laughs> stop. stop <laughs> my, my, my friends. That's DraftKings. So anyway, so Brandon Ayuk over four and a half receiving touchdowns. Um, he's done this in, in two out of the three years that the two out of the last three years. He is he had eight last year. He's He's a solid player for this team. Um, I think I think there's a, there was odds on every single one of them for Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. They're four and a half, five and a half, and four and a half. I think all of those go over. I mean, they they just they have they just have too many weapons on offense. I think they're going to make it happen. I'm with you. I like me some Brandon Ayuk. That's why I asked where you found it. That that's that's a great number. 
My second of the best bets I'm going to circle back to, Seattle to make the playoffs is yes on DraftKings at minus 120. I bring it up because they're plus 190 to win the division. I don't think they're going to win this division. But to simply make the playoffs in this NFC, minus minus 120, that's a great number. So yeah, Seattle Seahawks to make the playoffs on DraftKings, you just check yes, that's minus 120. All they have to do is get a top seven seed in this NFC. Tell me they can't. No, they absolutely can. I think they are. I think they are a playoff team. Um, but you're right. I don't think they. I think they could come up short uh, catching San Francisco. But I mean, when you're talking about this NFC conference, I mean, we we talked about every single team now in the NFC, and really, there's 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 pretty much a whole bunch of have-nots rather than that. Right. That's what I'm telling you. The NFC North is going to probably get one team. The NFC South is going to get one team. So even if a couple teams come out. Uh, even if three teams come out of the NFC East, that still leaves one for Seattle. And, and I'm telling you, I think they should be minus 150 or 160 to make the playoffs. So when I found it at, on DraftKings at minus 120, give me that all day. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. My last one here. This is this is a two-parter here. I'm going to put on the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> to have the worst record in the NFL is plus 220. And I think that uh, that that that's pretty good. It should be minus money with how bad the, the win total is on this team. I mean, they. I mean, if Kyler Murray plays, technically they're more talented than the Texans, aren't they? No, I lo- I love the youth on the Texans, and I think with uh, D'Amico Ryan's there, and with a whole bunch of the defensive players he's brought in from San Francisco and all over the place, I feel like that Houston Texans team can win five can win five games. I don't see how. The Cardinals win five games. I think if he doesn't come back until week eight, and like I said, if they think they're one and seven, how much are you going to put this guy out here, out there? You can't afford for him to get hurt again. Yeah, but they can't sit him the whole year either. I, I mean, don't they... know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they just if he's, they say he's not one hundred percent and they don't want to risk him getting hurt. How many times has that happened where somebody just doesn't want to risk getting somebody hurt? Yeah, it's happened they... in the past. In a seventeen game schedule, you think by week eight they're just going to punt? If they're one and seven. Well, let me. Oh, like, that, that was that was part one of this bet. All right, let me give you part two of this bet. All right, which is where I'm going into this. The last winless team, the Arizona Cardinals, on Caesar's sports bet, is plus four twenty. All right, and ah. I yeah, there you go. And I'll take that plus four twenty because I'll tell you what: if they don't beat Washington week one, which I don't think they will, if they don't beat Washington week one, this team could very well go zero and eight to start the season. That plus four twenty bet is brought to you by your local dispensary. Yeah, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, no, really local. Great, great catch. That's that's a great catch. I like it. Uh, speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, my third of the best bets: James Conner over seven hundred and a half rush yards on Caesars. That's minus one fifteen. If you want to get a little better juice, DK has him at seven twenty five and a half. But I'm going to go on Caesars over seven hundred and a half. Rush yards. They did not bring in a veteran running back. As of this recording, their backup running backs are Keontae Ingram and Corey Clement. His three-year average is 752 rush yards. Arizona did improve their offensive line. Connor's only is 28 years old, so that's right in his wheelhouse as far as before the cliff happens. And their new head coach was quoted. They asked Jonathan Gannon, "Are you comfortable with Jonathan uh, James Connor as your bell cow?" He said, "100 percent." Well, yeah. And actually, they had that press conference when uh, they first uh, broke camp. They first went into camp, and James Conner was like, everyone's dogging me in fantasy. He's like, you better don't sleep on me. Yeah, 700 and a half. I don't think that's a big number. Well, at this point, what else are you going to do? 
You can't rely on Colt McCoy to carry everybody to the promised land here. It's got to be James Conner carrying it. You don't think Colt McCoy has a Geno Smith resurgence in him? No. <laughs> One word answer, no? No. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for everybody for listening. I know the NFC West is not as exciting as the AFC West, but guess what? That's what we have next week. The AFC West, we started our journey with the NFC East and the NFC champs, the Eagles. We finish our division journey with the AFC West and the Super Bowl champs. I feel like you totally were saying it like, now we're going to finish our journey. Thank you for coming along with us together. We're going to talk about Kansas City. Like it's PBS. And the A, yeah, the AFC West. <laughs> we'll tune in, tune in next time. Thanks for joining us. Wow. We'll leave them laughing. Yeah. See you guys next time.